All right. So, um, uh, first of all, congratulations on your last win. I mean, I was listening to an interview that you did uh, recently with is it Sirius X, um, Sirius FM or something? It's a particular podcast from oh. Ireland. Severe. Um, that's it. Severe. Sorry. Um, severe. And one of the things that, um, well, it was really interesting and quite humbling to um, hear your background where you came from, and um, that you. One of the things I picked out from the interview is that you kind of even at a young age, a young impressionable age where you've got plenty of peer pressure around you, um, you refuse to go down the route of um, basically getting in trouble, troublemaking, drugs and crime. I mean, for yourself, just uh, ask everyone who, whether they're pro- competing professionally or not, just what got you into combat sports as a whole to begin with? Um, so what got me into it was um, I kind of always had an interest in combat sports growing up i suppose just combat itself as in um so we said as you know we all brothers and sisters growing up but you know the old sibling uh you know two brothers fighting and uh you know just kind of um well we were mad at the wwe and stuff and the wwf and you know uh we used to think that was real you know the way when you were kids like you know and uh so we kind of always had an interest in that. And then when you're growing up, then, you know, you always, um, you always suppose when you, as, as we all do, get into your, your little scraps and stuff. And I suppose maybe me and my brother thought about, thought about them more after they happened than we had an interest, you know, not, not and obviously, but we weren't violent or anything, you know, but we just, um, you know, we're always having to go with each other. And, and uh, so we always had an interest there growing up. And if you dabbed in a bit of boxing, um, when we were growing up, and then just started mixed martial arts, and one of my friends in school, he was doing it, and um, yeah, I was. He was like, "Oh, you should come along. I think you'd be good at." It. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, you should come along." And I was like, "Sure, I'll try it out," you know, because it was as I said, I always had an interest in, you know, but buying DVDs of boxing and things of like that, you know, and uh, he just said, "Come along," so I tried it out, and uh, yeah. First class just went in to be with my friends and they were telling me they were training every night of the week and they were trained as months and I went in with them and I you know at the end of the class you do a rolling session and I, I got them in an old headlock and was tapping them out and I thought like oh geez the boys are training flat out it must be all right if I've been catching these boys you know but little did I know them when I kept going that they were they were only bluffing me you know what I mean they really called me bluff they weren't even trained that much but um yeah so I just kept going and then uh, I suppose just started to uh, started to you know love it. Then you know I when I was growing up right and all that I could, I could never concentrate. You know, you know especially with, with 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 things I didn't have an interest in. You know, my mind to go wandering and next minute I'm finding this that I had such an interest in. And it just uh, you know intrigued me. You know, and um, yeah, that was it. Then really, you know, just kept going. Um, I mean even when looking at the sports itself, I mean, when you started um, training, I mean, you, you actually had in mind, even as a youngster, uh, a young teenager, you did have in mind that at some point you do want to take this, uh, the training to, you got your, you've got a long amateur career and beneath your belt. You, at the time when you were starting out, you did have it back of your mind that you do, you do want to take this somewhere and you do want to be competing professionally on a much more wider international stage such as Bellator where you're at Nan so far you've got a really good record there I mean even then you did want to pursue this as a long-term career yeah of course um as when I started you know that wasn't the because I started when I was 15 and like you know that wasn't obviously the goal I was still in school at the time and I didn't you know I most 15 year olds don't know what they wanted to do and I played sports all my life, Gaelic football, as I said, dab, dabbed in a bit of boxing. And, you know, um, um, you know, I was just starting a new thing. But as I said, I always had that interest in um, defending myself. And when I got into the, you know, the fights growing up, I was probably the one that thought about the more, um, you know, I was thinking about what I should have done and that, this and that, whereas most people probably just thought it was just, you know, uh, just a part of life, you know, whereas I would have been thinking about more, what I should have done or, you know, so um, just always, it was always in my mind and um, that just, you know, that intrigued me more, you know what I mean? It was, um, 
that always is like, I think it, a part of me like was always like, right, somebody is going to come and take something you want one day or not, not even that, but you know, like as we all grow up as teenagers, you know, that you have that kind of chip in your shoulder. And I always had that, like, right, if someone coming to, to take something off me or to, you know, not, again, not that anybody was, but if that makes sense, you know, it was just like knowing that, right, I can, I can, uh, you know, defend myself or, or at least put up a good fight. That, that was in my head, you know, and that always was like the one thing, like, you know, always having my wits about me and growing up. And so that was kind of the number one thing that got me into it. And then I kept going and some of the lads, my friends were competing and stuff. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to come, I'm going to have a fight. Like, and uh, sure I might as well, I'm trained enough, like, you know, and, uh, had a fight then and then uh, so that was it then I was like no, this is some buzz like even after that actually after my first fight my first fight I was knocked out in 26 seconds I was picked up body locked slammed in my head and knocked like right in my head in my neck and uh, when I came back to myself in the dressing room after the number one thing I thought can't wait to do this again whereas most people probably were like oh, Jesus this isn't for me I was mad to get back in and a few months later I ended up winning my second fight in amateur but um just all these things thinking back, like, you know, I always had that kind of drive in me to, um, you know, I suppose I would have been very stubborn in that as well, you know. And then, as you said, talking about your question there, um, talking about a career of it, I mean, I just, um, it just, the more I kept doing it, the more it uh, kept me straight an hour growing up. And, and, and um, it was like, you know what, I, I'm loving this. As I said, I could never concentrate on anything. And here I am you know, in the sessions, you know, loving it and just wanting to learn about it, get, you know, getting on the internet, looking up as much as I can, watching this fight, that fight, and as well, looking up to, like, the likes of my coach that was professional at the time and not looking up to the, you know, the lads in the estate or, you know, it was, they would be wrong, but that was my role, man, looked at, looking up to my coach instead of being out in the street and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't talk about it enough how much it done for me and just fell in love with it, basically, you know, and, said I wanted to have a crack at it like you know no that that that's good clearly this is something that you knew you wanted to do from the get-go and um you're extremely passionate about it uh family mother and father especially your mother they didn't have worries of you having injuries because you said that even after being knocked out so within 26 seconds of a particular fight okay you went away you um healed and um licked your wounds but still, you want to get back into the game. Yeah, like, I mean, it was, uh, I, I was I was body locked, slammed in my head and my neck. And I swear to God, I, it just goes to show that was like, I'd be 10 years next year. like, And uh, I was only 16 and it was it was in my hometown, Drada, and had all my friends and family. And, you know, I was 16, it was, you know, you, you know, you were still in school. And, and uh, it was a big thing, like, for me at the time. And, and uh, yeah, like, I mean, you know, it went the way it went and the first thing I thought after was like I can't wait for the next one like you know that's just that just goes to show like I would have turned a lot of people off and and uh, I just was as soon as I healed up and the whole lot and straight back into the gym and um, yeah it didn't turn me off it was just the whole buzz of it like you know the whole everything the training leading up to it um, the dedication you put in the training the um, you know you learn about a lot about yourself training for fights and especially that young you know and uh yeah, exactly. Just that was it then, I suppose. Thinking back, that was probably when I said, like, yeah, that, that I didn't make the decision, obviously, there and then, like, that I wanted to pursue this. But it was like, yeah, this, you know, this is some buzz. I want to do that again, like, you know. There was no back um, pushback or opposition from the family, especially your close family, saying, look, Kieran, you're going to get hurt, serious head injuries. There was no concerns about that at all. No, like, that was never once mentioned to me maybe that was the thoughts but it was never like no because I tell you why because it was something positive you know it was like here they see me uh you know because uh before I started you know I was I was in school I was like I was expelled from school I was um you know I was very I was I don't know I didn't I didn't know who I was when I was you know it was just uh you know I suppose just I was just uh no direction, no direction. And I was just um, you know, uh to put to put it plainly, yeah, no direction, you know. It was just in school, couldn't concentrate, wasn't good at it. Um, as I said, I I I, I didn't like it, you know, I didn't like any of the subjects, nothing interested me. 
um, nothing like that. So as as you know, when you've uh, no concentration or no uh, focus, that's when I started getting in trouble. It was more kind of having a laugh, and then obviously then uh, you know you're you're uh, getting uh, doing more and more bad things, and just it's just a change of it. Then you know, and and uh, anyway, then so then they see me doing this sport waking up in the morning, going for runs before school, and they're like, what's going on here? I'm trying to pull him out of the bed to go to school, and here he is up at whatever time in the morning going for runs. Yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, <clears throat> when they seen that change, I mean, they were like, this is this is, this is is for him, you know. It's it's keeping me in the right road. As I said, uh, you know, you, you have you have commitment, you have dedication, you have concentration, you have, you know, you have, uh, you have confidence even. I remember even one of my teachers at the time was saying to me, you're actually walking like a fighter now, you know. That was a big thing for me. It was like, you know, they seen what I was doing for me. You know, it was me. I was me own man. Whereas I was, or I should, should I say, I was becoming a man. I was, I was, I was being me, becoming my own person. Whereas when I was, uh, you know, I didn't know what I wanted. I, I was, you know, just acting the bollocks, really. You know what I mean? I didn't. I was just, um, you know, no direction. And here I am doing this, and I'm like, do you know what? I prefer I'm doing this than, you know, as I said. I, getting suspended from school and you know um doing the wrong things you know so that's that's uh that's i suppose the reason why they didn't you know uh david uh kieran if you if you could could you turn your device sideways i mean because then uh, well, look a bit. that's it there you yeah. go look a bit better Okay, do you want me to ask? I, yeah, I want to touch on. Obviously, you were touching on. I was I'm from Ireland. You're from Ireland. I'm from Kildare. You're from Drogheda. We're all in the same country. I understand what you're saying when you're when you're young, and at that age, there's not that many facilities really for young people to do stuff. So, and I understand. I I was a little fucker in school myself, and it's only hey, look, I'm 35 now. I'm only after finding my direction. Um, what would you say to people when they're young? Would you would you would you um, encourage them to take up martial arts? Because what I found is there's a humbleness and there's a, a structure and everything within within that realm that can actually focus you. Is that what happened to you? Did you find you got better in school since then? Yeah, big time. Um, well, what happened was, as I said, like school was never for me. The whole and not even just the system and all that. And, and look, I'm not, I'm not the one to be here to say, you know, school's bad and this and that. It's obviously we all have to do it. And it's it's a, a proven part for most people, you know. Um, but for me, it just wasn't for me, you know. I just, um, the concentration, I couldn't, um, I couldn't concentrate on something that I didn't like, you know. And when I found martial arts, it was something that I enjoyed and I, I felt it was getting the benefit of. And the benefits for me was my confidence, um, you know, my dedication, my commitment to things, you know, even um, the people I was looking up to was a big thing, you know, my coaches at the time and, and the right people to be looking up to, seeing what they were doing and, and, and leading by example, you know. And, you know, I think that's a massive thing. I mean, you can say, you know, don't do this, don't, that, don't do that. But if you're not, like, living by example, it's uh, very, very hard to, uh, you know, yourself, your parents tell you this and not to do that. But um, not that my mind, but if they, were, if, they, if they were doing those things themselves, you know, um, how can you how can you take the advice? So for me, it was it was a big thing, and again, finding who I was, you know, finding you know, uh, you learn a lot about yourself, you know, how much you can push and train, and you know, it's, and, and again, it's only you in there, you know, it's you can't lie, you can't lie in the mats, as as I was saying, you know, my mates were lying to me at the time, telling me they were training this and that, and, you know, I go in there with it's stubborn mindset, my headlock, and but anyway, it's um, as I said, yeah, it's um. I can't speak highly enough of it, you know, what it's done for me. And regardless if you want to pursue it as a career, or I know for a fact, like, when I have kids, when the time comes, like, they'll be definitely doing it and not not to compete or anything, you know, I, uh, it's not for everybody that, but just what I learned, you know, the hierarchy of respect you have for your coaches, the, the higher belts, and, you know, it's, uh, I mean, you know, I don't have to talk about all that, you know, and the, the respect. Um, and again, to be humble, uh, as as you mentioned, you know, it's I mean, you're humble every day. I was on the mat, I was in the tree arena, you know, uh, to get me for professional win. I'm there in the week, the gym a week later, and I'm getting tapped out. I mean, it's just it's you know, it keeps you grounded, you know. And uh, 
I think it's uh, I, I, because it's an individual sport, you can't rely on 11 other players or 10 other players, sorry. And, you know, again, that could be, we could probably spend the 40 minutes you said talking about that, you know. But, um, yeah, what it's done for me, that's, that's, uh, it's prices. In regards to your amateur career, I've actually looked at your, your record and you've had quite an extended amateur career. I've actually noticed because I'm going to cover Cage Legacy next week. You, you competed at the first Cage Legacy. How important are these promotions in Ireland for, the, for Irish MMA to push forward and go? Because it seems in a really good place at the minute. How did it feel to perform at the first Cage Legacy and all the other amateurs that you didn't? And how has, do you think this benefited you going forward into your pro? Um, yeah, I mean, Cage Legacy is, is uh, ruling the roost at the minute, aren't they? They're, they're the leading one. And I'm proud to say I was actually the first uh, Cage Legacy champion uh, amateur. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, glad I competed there. And um, Declan and the likes that run the show and they're great guys. And they're, they're in it for the sport, you know, because I know fine well a lot of these lads, are they're, they're not getting a turnover and they're not doing it for that, you know. They're, uh, I mean, you know, it's uh, with, with COVID going on, these lads are, you know, they're pulling out all the stops for their own lads, their own guys in the gym and everybody else in the country. And I think people have to realise that as well. You know, it's um, it's a big, it's a big arc they're doing and they're doing it, you know. Um, whereas maybe when I started, there was shows every weekend and maybe that's why I was able to get that many fights, obviously due to the IMAPs as well. But just for experience, I mean, look at my record, it's 13 and 11. You, you, might, you might think, you know, oh, it wasn't a 9 and 0, 10 and 0 record. But if you actually really look into the record, it, um, and when I was fighting, who I was fighting, all these guys that was losing to or 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 beat or beaten as well. They're all ranked number one in the world. Or I was losing to these guys. I was losing to silver medalists, the world championships, bronze medalists, world championships. I fought the Russian. I fought the Brazilian. I fought the you name. I fought the brother, the the, the the submission guy. You know, so going into professional ranks, then I have all that experience. And does it? Does it kind of? There's a moment you get when you're at amateur. That's what I felt. Anyway, you kind of get that, um, you get that kind of comfort in the cage and uh, in in such chaos, which it is. You're in a you're in a cage fighting someone, and you kind of get that comfort uh, in the cage. You start, you know, things start clicking. You you start finding your style as well. You know, I found my style, um, maybe, you know, halfway through because of amateur. You know, I found who I was, found who I was good at. You know, even talking about it today, like I'll never watch an Adesanya or a John Jones, I'm never gonna fight like them. You know, I can appreciate watching them, but like, I can like watch, you know, Khabib or the Russian wrestling now and say, yeah, I, I think I can take from that. You know, so things like that, you just learn so much amateur. Um, it's massive that the looks occasion actually is still going through these tough times. Um, it's huge for the development of young fighters coming through and to be able to compete with the Russians, as I said, and the Americans going to the AMF. So it's massive. Touching on the IMAPs, um, can you just take us through your experience? Because I've talked to the likes of Taylor Quinn and all you've probably seen coming up to the amateurs now, who and he's going again. Like, what was he told me that experience? Money can't buy that experience because you're going up different styles. Just give me to your experience of the IMAPs. Yeah, look, look, look at Taylor. Like, I was actually only talking about one of the shows, and and uh, he was telling me, like, all going well. I think he was going to have seven points that year. and or, um, you know, it was something similar to that. And I remember one of my years, uh, amateur, I had seven points as well. And I mean, that's, that's, uh, you can't, you, you'd never get that in the URC <clears throat> on the circuit or UK or Ireland at the minute, you know, because um, just the way the shows are going, it's very, very hard. And to get them on the bounce like that uh, in a week, you can get a year's experience in a week if you were to go all the way, five fights to get a gold or a silver, you know. And uh, for me, that was, that was my goal for a long time. My goal was to, it wasn't even to get about getting the fights as well as was on the back end of the experience. But for me, it was the uh, to, the goal was to get the gold medal at, the, at a major IMAF tournament, whether it be the World Championships or the European Championships, uh, with the with the gold medal or at least medal these with the with the tricolor up there and here the national anthem. I just I remember the first time I went to Bahrain and walking out, you really got that feeling. You were like, you know, it was it was it was the Olympics, it was international, it was, you know, you were, you were really, uh, you know, you're really representing your country. And I mean, to be honest, I've said this before in interviews, I think if that was a route you could take, the likes of like Katie Taylor and um, 
what uh, Paddy Barnes and Michael Conlon had all done. If that was a route you could actually take at MMA and amateur, you know, and that you could actually like, I suppose, make a living off sponsors or to be funded. I definitely would have stayed amateur, you know. I, I really, really enjoyed it, you know. Um, I don't know, just the whole, you know, staying away, meeting new people, uh, you know, that's on the back end of it, but for the whole fight experience, I mean, fighting five days or five days in a row and it's just, it's uh, it's brilliant. It's not knowing the guy you're fighting the next day. You're all sore, you're black guys stitched up and you're like, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's uh, it's it's a great feeling. I have to say, I really really enjoyed that, and uh, um, I, I I'd advise any amateur that's coming up, um, to do them because it's um, as I said, it's it's you're fighting the best in the world, you know, and uh, the experience you get is is as you said, what Taylor said, it's priceless, you know, can't buy it. Any other questions, David? Uh, I do, but you can go ahead with your questions as well. Um, this one almost seems to be like, I want to say it's random or, but it's kind of like a sore question that I think many people might say is quite stupid, but walk your away, Bellas- Sorry? The walk away, sure. I'm all for it. Uh, no, you're you're in Bellas for now, since you've um, started fighting in that promotion, you've done really well. Um, do you, and you're at what 26 now yep do you see yourself staying with Bellator or would you like to go to another promotion still would you still like to move to, to another promotion um to be honest I've another uh year or two with Bellator I think it's, um under two years with Bellator now because it's only I actually only really started my contract because uh, because of the last fight of Bellator. So I have another, like, you know, year or two there. So that's another thing I learned from amateur. I don't like to look too far ahead because I feel what's actually in front of you, which is the next man that I have to be, um, you're looking past that. And, you know, I learned that, as I said, at amateur, because you're fighting this day, then the next day, you know, you have to, you have to beat the person in front of you and, I'm I'm taking that all away because it's worked for me so far, and as I said, yeah, I'm not thinking too far ahead. Um, if I see my contract out and you know things are good and I get to a, get to a stage where I'm at a good position, um, I mean I'd be happy to stay there. Or again, I don't know. It's just as I, I just have to beat. All I know is whenever they want me to fight next, I'll be I have to beat the man in front of me, and that's the next thing I have to focus on short term. You know. And that's all I really can do. But um, all going well. I mean, why I, I I'd like to stay there, or um, if things didn't go well, um, you know, or if another offer popped up, I mean, you know, I go I go elsewhere. But I mean, I'm very happy at the minute, and we have a good relationship. Uh, our gym and and uh, you know, Europe, Bellator Europe, and you know, hopefully one day, uh, hopefully maybe next year, I'd like to fight abroad, uh, fight in America. Um, that'd be a goal probably short term of mine for next year um, so yeah I'm just kind of focusing what's ahead of me at the minute and um, but yeah we'll see what happens when the time comes you know I'll say it was a stupid question because um, I would have asked you um, almost like the most obvious question are you fast and better tonight, but don't you done really well do you see yourself in future some in future moving to the UFC um, would you ever see that would you ever decide to do that at all um, as I said I, I, we're talking two years time we're talking if uh, realistically if I was in a good position where please God I won all my fights I think that's when I could really you know when the renegotiation comes I could think of the UFC or you know obviously then you're whatever now with the promotion of you know, I have a good record of promotion. So, I mean, I'm sure they'd be happy to keep me. So, as I said, when the time will come, uh, I don't know until then. So, it's a hard question to uh, ask, um, especially now when I don't know. But, I mean, all going well, I'd be happy to stay. Or if not, they didn't want it, I'd, I'd be happy to go elsewhere. So, it's probably not what you, not what you want to hear, but that's all I can no, say no, at the minute. No, 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 at all, because I think from... 
over the you know, the guests that David and I have interviewed, um, I think I can say, speaking for myself, that even those fighters themselves, they don't regard the UFC as the, um, let's say, the... Uh, Holy Grail. Thank you. Yes, David. Thank you, David. The Holy Grail of mixed martial arts because finally may get the fame and the exposure to become a household name in um, in mixed martial arts, especially in the in the United States. But in terms of salary, mm, there's going to have to be something about you before you can really compel someone such as Dana White to pay you your worth. So I do understand yeah. that, so yeah, despite the name power the UFC has in combat sports, you know, fight, there's still this massive um, controversial topic of fighters' salary and the fighters in that um, organisation not receiving or earning their worth in in the sport. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I'm very happy at the minute with Bellator. They're very good to us all. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy, as I said, because just what you were touching on there with the American, uh, I think the UFC know they have America, you know, and they have that lockdown. Um, you know, we've seen in the past, especially as recent, um, the packs some of them uh, of the European fighters have gotten. I think we always get a harder pack. I think it's, I think it's right as well, you know, because we have to prove ourselves or whatever. But um, you know, you, you see with Bellator as well, we all compete against each other here in Europe. And um, as I said, I think you know that's up to the fighter. I think you know, um, we all know that where where wherever we go, whether it be Bellator. Or, you know, we, we all know that and it's up to us in there to uh, do the job. And I suppose, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's only right as well, you know. Can I just right. ask? I, Go on. I just want to touch on, you You spoken about Bellator. And what I like about Bellator is, obviously UFC has the brand name, the mark and whatever. For me, what Bellator has done for Ireland is you can't even compare to the UFC. The UFC obviously have the roster of like 700 fighters. When Bento comes over here, they give, you see, obviously, the last card, how many fighters are on it. Obviously, Dara Kelly, and unfortunately, Charlie Ward missed out due to Charlie had an injury and Dara, Dara's opponent pulls out. But what they actually do for like the amateurs turning pros in this country, you can't pay money for as well because everywhere they go, they, they, they stack the card with the Irish fighters or the UK fighters or the Swedish, wherever they go. And I think that's what I like about Bellator is it separates them. They bring a, like, they want the Irish fans to be there. So they bring in the fans. And how do you feel they've done with that in Ireland? Because I think they've done very well in bringing in the Irish fans. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's a smart, you know. I think they've got a, did a great job. And uh, I think, like, the UFC will go anywhere to sell out. Um, but what I think what makes it unique with Bellator, as you said, they bring on the local up-and-coming talent. They, uh, they bring on the it's more the fans say or the people that's going they want to go and see um the people that's fighting where you know whereas i think when you know if it's the ufc or anything they, um you know i think people are just going because it's the you know it's the the name or and don't get me wrong they're, they're going for the for the fights but i think for with Bellator's doing a good job uh whether it be uk or wherever they went in here in ireland especially in ireland obviously you know it's it's uh the best place they hold it, but I mean, um, yeah, they bring on the local uh, up and coming talent, and you know the best around. And as you know, um, I think I think we we confident saying UK and Ireland are at the top of the um of the scene in Europe at the minute, um, leading the way. But um, I think they're doing a good job, and it's smart, you know. I think it's very smart, and it's working well, and I'm happy to be a part of it. To be honest, it's um. It's all going well, and please God, no everyone that's going on, we could get to get another one going next year with um the first half of next year. I'd be delighted to be on it, you know. Any more questions, David? I have my own, but no, no, you go ahead, you go ahead. Okay, this is something that play uh, uh, kind of plays in my mind. Um, although for for yourself, it might not be. It might not be so because you don't seem to be from that sort of background. You don't seem to be that sort of person. Do you see yourself as maybe, uh, David? I mentioned this to you earlier. We might might have forgotten. Do you see? Do you see yourself as maybe the next Conor McGregor? Um, no. Uh, I tell you why because there's always going to be 
there's only going to be ever one Conor McGregor. Um, always, you know, you know that, I know that. It's um, There's only ever going to be one, you know. And that's just the way it is, you know. And, and everything he's brought to it, you know, it's 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 unique to him because, I mean, look what he's done. I don't have to name it. You know, I mean, you talk about Fortis Pay, I think since he's come in, even actually, you know, Fortis uh, Pay has went up and he's changed it, you know. I mean, he's shown, like, no, I'm the show here, you know, and and uh, we're the entertainers here. We're the ones putting our body in the line, you know, he's yourself. And we've seen as of recent that the injuries you can get this uh, in this sport. And I mean, uh, he's changed the game. He's changed the game, you know. So does that, does, does, there'll only ever be one kind of McGregor, you know. And as well, do I think I could be like that? No, I don't because I think what's um, you know I, I, I have a great following here uh, in the in the, in the town I'm from, you know, Drotted and um, it's it's unbelievable that the whole town's getting behind me, and obviously the country as well. And and um, but I mean, I think that's what's unique unique to us all. You know, the level there'll only ever be one Kieran Clark as well. You know, it, I think we're all individuals if that makes sense. You know, so and I think. It doesn't matter who, you know, people want to get behind you to, to see you do well. And, um, you know, that's who Connor started, you know. And then obviously he just, you know, blew up as a superstar and, you know, the character he is. But he was always like that, you know, and I'm not that type of fighter. As, uh, and I think people need to give that up as well, you know, like the way they carry themselves and, you know, the way they, they do things, the way he's he, he does and, you know, um the calling people out and all that and like I get it, you know what I mean it's a sport and it's entertainment but um there's only one way you know he has done it and it's, it's his way you know so um to answer your question and uh, no <laughs> yeah. I like your answer that's a good answer okay David um take it away yeah so obviously yeah like you said there can only be one Connor there's only gonna be one type of person like you said be individuals be yourself that's the best way to sell yourself is be authentic, I think. What I want to touch on is, obviously, from your amateur career and then stepping in for your Bellator debut, how did it feel stepping in on for your pro debut on such a big stage as such as Bellator? Um, yeah, it was it was a big deal for me. Um, you know, obviously, Bellator and, you know, we had all the established lads fighting on the cards and that were signed, you know, before me. And it was great to get on it. And... Um, yeah, I mean, um, to go 1-0 and to fight against the fighter at the time that was already 1-0 with the promotion. He wasn't signed or anything, but, you know, he'd he'd fought there at the big stage. And I remember watching the likes of Richie Smullen and, and uh, you know, playing O'Driscoll and all the guys in the gym, fighting in Bam and in the tree arena. And, and uh, you know, I was obviously in the, in, in the stands at the time watching. And I was, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be t- you know, watching the lads in the gym do it. And I'd be like, geez, that'd be, that'd be a goal of mine now to... Uh, you know, one day when I go professional to uh, to start to, to fight there, you know. And uh, yeah, it came through, you know, it was it's it's unbelievable. And um yeah, it's 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 actually it's hard to describe um <laughs> the, the tree arena the buzz of it, you know. It's I probably I, I like fighting abroad as well. It's like the nice pressure and the whole lot, but I mean you couldn't write um you couldn't write how things have went in that tree arena. I mean whether it be good or bad for people, it's it's uh, it's iconic, isn't it? Peter Queeley said his last fight was his worst night and his best night also on the same night. His worst night, obviously, because of the loss to Pitbull uh, or yeah, to Patrick, um, but the best night for fans because no matter what sport it is, and this is what I try to tell, I've tried to ask, like, like in, in the UK, obviously, when we have Conor McGregor, everybody knows when Conor's fighting when we go to arenas, when the football team is playing, when we go abroad to watch them, there's just something about this country that we're all knitted together. It's like, because it was such a small country, when someone makes it, we all want to be there. And the support from the Irish fans is probably second to none. Josh Thompson and John McCarthy had said they'd never felt an atmosphere like they did in the previous Bellator. Oh, big time. I'd be like, even the guys to be wrapping their hands and, all the staff that work there, they'd be always talking about, um, you know, they love Ireland. Some, some even the lads were saying they wanted to move here. They, they love it, you know, and just the fans are so educated as well. They were saying, like, over in the States, like, um, you know, someone gets a take down. Or, but I, 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 I only think about it. Because when someone said it to me, like, when I, when I had the choke on the last guy, when I clasped my hands, 
the, the crowd made a like made a big roar, like you know, and they they knew even you know like that's how much like you know uh, they're tuned into it if that makes sense. Whereas in America, you know, they're up against the fence and you know they're, they're booing and you know I think they, they just want to see uh, wars, you know. But uh, Ireland, I think, were uh, more appreciative and just come back. I suppose it ties into your last question. I mean, to see that um, you know when when we're doing well in the rugby or whether it be anything, I mean. We all get behind each other, and uh, I think that's because when I think if you're authentic as well as you said, you when you're your own person, and you see, you know, like the likes of a Ricky Hatton, you know, when they seen, you know, Ricky uh, over in, the, in in England doing well, and th- then he was after his fight in the pub the weekend, you know what I mean? Like the weekend after, he's just he's just someone, he's just like me or you, and and that's who I'd like to, you know, he doesn't have to trash talk, and you know, I think that's why why people get behind you, you know, and then when you see someone from Ireland. Oh, that's your man up the road from Crumlin, like Connor or something, you know. Like people want to get behind you, you know what I mean? Like fair play to him, you know, the boy. So uh, yeah, I think I think that's probably why, you know. And, and as well, it was such a small country, you know. When you're going into a fight, is there any like any nerves when you're in the back? What kind of a feeling do you get? Like, do you get the butterflies in your stomach, or you're always a hundred percent confident? Um, actually, it's a matter because. Especially the pro fights, and um, as as you do so many amateur fights, and um, you start um, further out, you're actually you're grand, you know. When the name gets announced and stuff, you you get a bit of um, a bit of nerves and that. And then when you're training for, then you're just so busy with the training and stuff. You you know, obviously, I think you know it's it's just constantly going through your head um, because you're training so much. And then the week of the fight, you start to get the nerves. You know, that's when I start to kind of get the you know, as we all do, you know, but as soon as I get to the arena, it's not that like the nerves go, but it's like a relief nearly, you know, it's like, it's, um, you know, this is it now, you know, you're like, thank God, here it is, you know, I mean, all this waiting around and the training and, the, you know, the everything, you know, you're just like, oh, happy days, you know, I mean, this is, this is, uh, this is the 15 minutes I've been waiting for, you know, it's like the peak of the mountain, you know, it's, and uh, you're excited, you know, it's, He's not as yourself when you um when you get excited or nervous or something. It's kind of the same feeling a little bit, you know. So I just kind of I challenge, uh, oh, sorry, I channel the nerves into excitement, and that's what it is. It's excitement. Do you know what I mean? You're training for eight to twelve weeks for a fight, and, you know, or uh, in my case, it was all year round last year with with the, obviously what was going on, and, and uh, here you are now, fifteen minutes to show the improvements and. And uh, this is what you do, you know. You get into it, at the end of the day, it's the fifteen minutes in there, and you know, um, this is it. Like you know, this is my, uh, this is my uh, fight night. You know, what I mean, this is my game time. This is, this is uh, my night. You know, and then um, you go in there and you're just reacting. You're just all your training comes in. You know what I mean? It's the, it's the uh, weeks leading up to it. It's the, the months, the year leading up to it. It's all going to show on the night. You know. And, it's excitement. It's excitement, you know. David? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I can... I'm not, sorry, it's just... We're trying to find a system to trying to ask questions, so I don't... That's why there's a bit of a pause, so I let him go. He doesn't oh, um, We're still trying to find our feet. Um, but at the minute, I was looking up your background. You train in SBG, obviously, yeah? You're in Drawhead at all, not the HQ or are you in the HQ? Um, I'm in the HQ and so that's my gym. I, I train there but John's my coach. I train in the HQ. That's my main gym and then I'm from Drata and then in the last two years, two, three years, uh, two years, uh, a teammate of mine, a friend of mine, Paul Bourne, actually started training him from the start. Um, you know, um, 10 plus years training and from this came from the same gyms locally, and uh, actually Paul went up to SBG first, and um, me and my brother followed suit a few months after, and and uh, then he, a few years later, opened up his own gym. So in the morning, I train in uh, HQ with John Cavan and the team, the pro team, and the whole lot. That's my main gym, and then I come back home in the evening, and I coach and train in SBG Drada then. So. Uh, between the two gyms, but well, my main gym is uh, HQ. That's where I do all my training sessions. You know, my main training sessions and um, train for fights. And 
yeah, all my sparring, all my rounds, that's where I do it, you know. SPG and draw that, you know, um, get me evening sessions in there, you know. Yeah, so do you, you train in there? Do you do any coaching in SPG? There's actually one guy, is CJ Sheehan, he's from your gym, isn't he? The, the, yeah, the so, yeah, CJ's there, yeah, he's a, uh, He's not allowed a uh, young lad there as well. He's he's only like ten or so. He's he's uh, he's flying. He is, he's brilliant, you know. And he, he's a pleasure to be around, and uh, he's there as well. And you know, obviously, um, you know, there's some of the other guys coming up in the gym, and yeah, so I do a bit of coaching there as well. And I train my brother there. He obviously he fought as well at the IMAPS and competed with me for years. And both we started together, and we brought Daryl, and uh, then he uh, stopped. Then he stopped fighting. Uh, he still trains. We stopped fighting and then and uh, started um his apprentice apprentice plumb on own. So I get me rounds in there at night time. We get me um you know it's a fully equipped gym there and I do a lot of army cardio there and we uh, get some jiu-jitsu rounds in and I do a lot of coaching and so it's uh, it's good it's it's great it's great for the town and um as yeah do do a lot of coaching we myself and Paul do it um actually through through um government funding and, and uh, a youth programme that um, we coach during the, during the week. It's for kind of like people that's at school going down the wrong, wrong road. It's kind of like uh, aimed at them, you know. And, uh, you know, the way I was, no direction. And it's kind of aimed at them. And so we kind of, we help out there, coaching there. And so it's, uh, it's big things happening. Like it's, it's very, very, very good, uh, good for the town, you know. I would, I would ask him, I would ask him something, but a chunk of most of the questions that I've, that I've wanted to ask you, more or less, um, answer them. That's uh, so why I'm kind of listening to David to see if there's anything he might say that might um, arouse my curiosity at all. So, Joe, I can go ahead and ask. Um, obviously, with the programs and the government, or do you have a question? Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, okay. Obviously, with the government programs stuff. Obviously, you want to take the youth in and you want to find these, like you said, you couldn't concentrate at school or whatever. So you want to bring these people in and give them structure. How does it feel to give back to a community that you grew up in? Yeah, it's uh, the big thing for me. Again, as I said, I never really uh, I never really put much thought into it when you're on your own path and you have the blinkers on and you're just trained away. But um, when you start to, you know, get a bit of success and at a, at a bigger stage like Bellator or, um, you know, and the the attention it gets, and you know the where I'm from and stuff. Um, you know, you start getting like, oh, you know, you're a great role model for the town, and you know, uh, all these kind of things to be said to me. You know, it's it's um it's great. You know, and it's something I always, only th- only know that I'd like to say. Um, not, not in the recent years, I was like, you know, what? I want to you know kind of give back, and I'm a prime example that if you you know um. You can say no to you know the wrong road, and because you know, trust me, I, I could have very easily took it, and you know, um, I said no to it all, and it just kept me head straight, and you know, um, yeah, I'm kind of like an example, um, you know, that you can you can you can go the right road, or and not even like the right road, like I mean, you can you know say no to it. I mean, not that the road I took was, you know, the right road, or you know, whether to be sticking to anything or not giving up, you know, as you know, um, we all have many losses and whether it be not setbacks and everything else, you know, just things of that, like, um, just a, a positive, you know, to look up to and say, well, if he can do it, I can do it, you know, from just one of the lads up the road, it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's good, like, you know, and as I said, I never really thought about that, but it's only when, you know, the likes of parents coming up to you and, you know, the likes of CJ's dad or, you know, you know, little CJ looks up to you and, Things of like that, like you start like, no way, that's mad. I never really taught myself like that, and and then uh, you know, there's obviously a great or good there that people people uh, seeing you, you know, which is which is mad. Like you know, I'm just doing me all. I'm doing something I love, and next year on the back end of it, like you have all this, so it's 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 mad. Like you know, you said you were. Yeah, uh... Sorry, go ahead. Go. Um, you said you were expelled from school. I mean. Since you know fighting and uh, pursuing a career like you have, and now to an international level with Bellator, um, 
have you ever seen or heard from from your um, past your classmates or those teachers or, or that school that said they just had uh, had to cut their ties and wash their hands off you have do you ever heard from them they say congratulations and nice to see you doing well anything like that at all um uh, some of i'm actually very good friends with the the kind of the suppose the uh, the top messers, you know what I mean? We, we you know, I'm actually, we, 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 you know, we were a group of lads, we were the, the, uh, the top messers. But actually, do you know what? It's funny because we were always kind of looked down on and uh, told, you know, I suppose maybe they thought that, you know, um, we're actually doing quite well, you know, we were all doing well in life, and, um, you know, so it's kind of, it's kind of a, uh, it's a funny one, but anyway, uh, no, I never really, because at the time the school wasn't, uh, the school was in a bad place. It was a very bad, very bad place, you know the way the way it was. So um, no, none of the none of the uh, the teachers or anything ever got on to me or anything at the time. A lot of them were gone. I, I'll, I'll put it that way. A lot of them were gone because that's how bad it was, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I went to uh, after that. I went to Utrecht. I kind of it's kind of like um, it's kind of like a uh, place for people that did drop out or was. Uh, kicked out of school so I went there and that's actually where I did really uh, feel like you know became a man say when I was younger because they started treating me like an adult that was a big thing in school I think they, they treated us like kids you know and whereas I felt even though we weren't adults but they started when I went to Urich they started treating me like an adult you know I kind of was starting to go back into me all not, not when I went into it at the start it was kind of you know, going back into, I just didn't change. Like, you know, I was still messing. And then I remember one of my teachers, she said something one day and I was like, you know, uh, it just changed me. And I was just like, you know what? He's not treating me like a, a kid anymore. He's treating me like a man, you know what I mean? He's treating me like an adult. And, and uh, it, it just changed me. I just was like, right, you know, starting to grow up now. You know what I mean? Like, you change our ways and what what road you want to go. And just these little things, it's it's such a massive thing. I still remember, you know, so those those teachers would have uh, really had an influence on me but whereas in the secondary school um yeah like i mean as i said it was that bad that you know some of the teachers and the principals are not even there now you know what i mean so that'll give you an idea but um i'm sure i'm sure i wish me well you know okay that's because you've not been um, advised to like say god any school reunions because i like sort of things like that whereby you come back um successful and you know you you do remember they they will remember the times that they probably would have said to you that or thought about you that you're not going to be anything you're going to be nothing but so many years down the line you come back doing a lot better than than many of those um, other people um i mean i'm not that old yet you know so not for the skill reunion thing you know I know they do that 20 years later, but <laughs> um, I'd say, um, yeah, but I mean, I've done like, actually I've done like, in pro, uh, I've done like a, um, I suppose, a talk, it was like a, a message back to my uh, primary school, it was like, you know, it was a message they would give to uh, six class students that was going to secondary school and they got me to do a message and best of luck type of thing to the uh, and a, a bit of advice going to the to the um, to the secondary school and stuff so I've done I've done I've done that before like you know but I've never like actually come back and, and talk to the like you know a big in a big hall or anything like that and um, you know nothing like that but um, yeah I mean I, as I said I'd like to you know I'd like to get into something like that you know like to be able to say look I sat in them chairs and Bradley Barn not that I'm this big you know um superstar or nothing but I mean as I said I mean just an example to say I, could, I, I was able to stay in the right track but to uh, yeah something positive you know yeah. well, that, that that's good David no I actually understand what you're saying with going back and talk to a group because I would have been the same as yourself in school let's say and I went through a period in my life where I wasn't what I am now and I've I done some things maybe I've regret and I, I've, I've talked to myself, I'd love to go back and talk to them about the dangers of going down this road or that road or whatever. So I completely understand. Um, and you're saying about being from Jota and everyone looks up to you. Do you feel a pressure then when people look up to you if you ever do the wrong thing that might change people's opinion of you? Um, it's actually, it's something that I've only 
it's only the past like maybe since you know having a bit of success um i know it's like people's perception of me has changed you know or people have a perception of me whereas i haven't changed if that makes sense so yeah i'll have this perception of the way i should act or where i should you know look or whatever you know what i mean whatever it may be and i haven't changed i'm still the you know i'm still who i am you know and it's not as if i'm you know, this this uh, famous, you know, movie star. I, I don't mean it like that, but, like, it's like, you know, people, when they start to get to know you or they think they know you, they uh, have this perception of it. And that's what I've got to learn. I've started to learn, you know. Um, they have this, you know, thought of what you should be or what you are, and it's actually not that at all. Or if that does that make sense? Not that I'm, like, in a bad way, but, you know, they might... Uh, it's hard to explain, you know. They they. they Put it on you what they think you should be if that if that kind of comes across in a way you know yeah but um yeah so that has been something a bit of an adjustment you know what I mean um yeah yeah no you can always only be you and like you said as you've gone through this part of your career or whatever you've always been you but people just change their perception of you because of of what you've become but you've always been yourself. And for me, I think, I don't understand, but sometimes, sometimes you need to, like, for me, what people think is what they think. You can't change what they think. You always need to be you, and you've always done that and stuck to yourself. So at the end of the day, whether they like it and they want this, they think you're this or that, at the end of the day, you're just being you, and that's all you can do, and that's the best version of you you can be. Yeah, that's true. And uh, that's what I learned as well. Like, you know, again, look, I still am still telling myself this and I'm still learning, you know, and I'm still, uh, I'd love to actually take me on the voice, but, um, yeah, like, I mean, a lot of the time, you know, what people think or, or what they say or whatever, or what they think, yeah, or, um, the way I find it is, even about the fight night, even the result of the night, I mean, Monday morning comes, everybody's going to their job, every, what I find is most people are too uh, wrapped up in their own lives if 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 uh, to think that they care or you know um, Monday morning comes it's me that has the loss or that has the win or you know I mean or um, as I said people are too busy with their own lives so I think when you start thinking like what they think and all that and again I'd love to take me on the voice I'm, I'm learning but um, I mean uh, yeah like, people are too busy with their own lives to be so I, I don't I try not to worry too much about that you know but it's funny it's a bit of an adjustment as I said um, the people you know no but you do it very well obviously someone put it to me like this before if you do something bad or if your friend does something bad or if you do something bad yourself you turn around and you'll go why do you do that you're an idiot you're this or that and then the way you look at it is if you look at yourself like that and you talk to your just say your friend does something bad would you talk to your friend like that no so you need to yeah kind of be kind to yourself and go if I talk the way I do to uh, my friends the way I do to myself so I think you do need to take your own advice for me you've been a really good example I've never seen anything bad about you and whether you do everything bad or not that doesn't change my view as you as a person because people make mistakes or whatever but you've been a prime role model for this country and for the sport so for that I'd like to thank you for especially for the youngsters coming up they can look up to you as a role model Oh, I appreciate that, man. And uh, yeah, as I said, like it's not, it's uh, not as if the, you know, um, um, it's hard to explain. That's kind of like it kind of comes underneath an umbrella, I suppose, of things, you know. But like, I know, yeah, like people think they know you, or they think they see in the surface what you are, or, you know. But it's you know, it's actually not. Or, um, it's hard to explain, but I, you know, I appreciate that. And um, yeah, like I mean, as you said, like you know. If uh, we all could take our own voice in the sense that if we uh, all talk to ourselves, if, if we you wouldn't let anyone talk to you the way you talk to yourself, you know what I mean? You 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 know what I mean? So it's little things like that. Like, but as I said, you learn you learn going forward. Like, you know that I mean, even to have the knowledge of that. Just going back to the first question, really. Like, I'd have never known about um, like the way to be talking yourself or. And that's another thing through martial arts, the people you um the people you look up to, the people you start looking into, and all these 
great characters like you know John Danahars or you know even me coach John Cavan all these people that they're life coaches you know what I mean they, they can give you these advice that's priceless you know what I mean all, all these little things and you know even like looking into philosophy or even uh, getting closer to your faith your religion and stuff you know because um, t- t- all these things it's 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 uh, it's massive you know and that, that 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 was the big thing for me you know so uh, yeah I suppose that comes into it as well like back to the first question you were saying you know what it does what it does for people and what it can do for uh, anyone, you know? You have a question, Mike? No, I think he, uh, no, uh, he's answered everything. Uh, well, I can't, uh, not really anything else. I was playing, praying in my mind that I want to get clarified as in I'd like him to answer. No. <laughs> Well, I can ask some questions because I'm quite clear. I could talk to you for hours. I love MMA. Yeah, I love yeah. the amateur scene, the Irish scene. Like, what do you think of the Irish scene as it stands right now? Because for me, I started my page originally to do kind of UFC edits and Bellator edits, you know, of fighters. And then I thought, you know what? There's thousands, tens of thousands of people doing that. I'm going to look into my own country. I've only started kind of doing this about three months or something. And then I looked into the scene here. And some of the, the amateur level, the likes of Taylor and Oshin Fox last week, uh, uh, IUR, I don't know if he's seen the fight or not, but it was, you look at it and I say, that's one of the best fights I've seen, pro or amateur. It was like, what do you make of the amateur scene here now? Um, yeah, the scene is, it's, it's, um, it's huge, to be honest, because... Um, and I think it's because of the Iron Maps, they have to open the level and you're fighting there. Uh, you have to be not just the best in Ireland, though, to be the best in the world. And, and, and it's hard to really open the level and seeing the way different countries train and or even knowing how different uh, people, judges from different countries score and things like that. It's it's really acting up in the game and even the safety measures and everything else. But I don't think get into all that. But I mean, uh, yeah, the amateur scene here is, is unbelievable. And... Um, it's down to the it's down to the, the coaching and the training, you know. I mean, we always we always have had that talent, whether it be from boxing or or uh, other combat sports. But I think MMA now it's it's obviously because of Connor it's had to blowing up and and uh, yeah, I mean all the likes of like John, Andy Ryan, all the long time uh, coaches in the country and it's uh, and the success of obviously the likes of Paddy Hulan and the UFC and all the rest of the guys there. I mean, it's it's just had to blowing up in the last few years and I think. Uh, as I said, the IMAF tournaments, the results there has, has shown. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's the only way it's up. And I think the likes of Cage Legacy uh, run the down here. The likes of the guy, I'm actually up tomorrow. And, and uh, I'm forgetting it. The show tomorrow. Yeah, I'm up there tomorrow now coaching. And one of the lads in Drotter here fighting Luke O'Sullivan. And uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just the only way it's up, really, you know. And the more, the more shows... The more people get behind it, it's it's only better, you know, because we need we need the shows to uh, showcase the lads, you know, because if they're not there, it's it's very very hard, you know, it's even hard to pick a squad to go away if you know not much is happening. So, um, yeah, I think it's a it's a big community and everybody needs to stick together. And it's obviously shown over the last few years, you know, because it's been tough, like it's been tough because, um, COVID, uh, it's safe MMA, all these things have come in, so it's been hard, but it's it's coming at the back end of it. Now. Yeah, you actually spoke earlier about the likes of Cage Exe, you've got Cage Conflict, you've got Tan Wars, and you have IUR, which is Decky McLennan's from Cage Warriors. He only started a new promotion there, and he had his second event. When I was speaking to Declan, uh, kind of after, I think he said he made no money on it. He made no money. They're not doing this for the love of the money. That's why we all need to, for us, for me, like I said, we need to chip in together, and we need to, the, the stars are coming from these places. You came from there. Queeley came from there, Cavallo, Dylan Logan. Like, for me, we need to keep these alive. We need to, I'd rather, and this is before, I'd rather pay the money for a cage legacy or a cage conflict or a time wars pay for you and give them the money rather than the UFC are going to have their money. I want to see these stars grow, and the only way we can do that is from here. And I want to touch on, you talked about two, two coaches. You talked about John Kavanagh and Andy Ryan. Obviously, for years, they were only the really two big ones. How do you feel now, MMA around Ireland? Because there's gyms everywhere now. And how do you view that? I view that as a very good thing. And I think 
the more gyms that come up, the better. Oh, big time. Uh, yeah, it was, obviously, John was the first. And Andy Ryan, obviously, Dave Roach, my other coach, and then uh, HQ as well. They were, the, you know, the guys at the time that were, um, you know, training in sheds and, you know, doing, you know, and not knowing what was they were creating. Um, look, look where it is today. And, uh, yeah, all these smaller gyms popping up. And, you know, it's, uh, as you know, we all, every gym starts small and, and um, it's it's not about that. It's it's just about the overall competition. I mean, um, you know, different gyms popping up everywhere. Look at look what Karen Davin's doing down there in, in, in the Midlands. You know, the serious yeah. lads down there. And, <clears throat> um, you know, all the guys over the way, like West, then Cork, William McGriffin, and and uh, the Maguires down there, the Maguire brothers, and I mean, it's up north what the lads are doing this years, and it's uh, now it's unbelievable. It's um. But I mean, yeah, from a humble beginnings to where it is now, and as I said, it's just we need to, we need to keep the the shows running and pay the extra few quid. To, uh, sorry, pay the few whatever fee it is. It's I mean a tenner to watch these fights, all these lads coming up, and Declan would be right uh, to go back to your last question. He, he wouldn't be throwing over any money in this. You know, he's he's doing it to put his own lads on, or he's doing it to to uh, keep 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 the show running down here in the south. You know, so uh, I mean the. There are lots to thank for all these lads, you know. Yeah, especially with Declan, because you've got Cage Conflict, which you're going up to tomorrow. You've got Clan Wars and you've got IUR, which is Deckies. You've got Clan Wars and then IUR, Cage Conflict, I think it's Fight Academy Islands. But down south, we only have Cage Legacy. And Declan actually yeah. said to me himself, I want people to come in and help. Yeah. Because, or to create their own promotions, because we need it down here. Um, and I think if we could get more promotions, that'd be good. Um, because we, as a country, we do need it. And I'd rather, like I said, I'd rather support them than support the US. The US are going to get money from every country in the world. We need to support our own and we need to help grow it. So, Big time, big time, yeah. Um, yeah, and like so, all those lads wouldn't see each other's competition or not like that. As you said, it's just to get their own lads on, to be honest. And uh, yeah, it's just to um, grow their own gyms and and uh, get their own lads to run out, you know. So I mean, it'd be great. But there's so much hurdles these days with between the with, with COVID and restrictions, and um, you know, safe have made the regulations here, and so it's hard. Like, but as I said, hats off to the lads, you know, because uh, only for them, it's uh, keeping it going, you know. Would you go to many promotions, the regional ones yourself? Like, you obviously you're going to cases, so obviously you go there coaching your own. Fighters, then, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I just I just go up to help uh, Paul uh, Paul Warren. He's the obviously the head coach there at his gym, but I would help uh, a good bit with coaching and stuff. So I just to go for uh, the uh, the helping hand in the corner and stuff, and and uh, obviously you build a relationship up with these uh, the lads that you're training with and stuff. And uh, we're it's you know, draw it's, it's it's big and it's small. You know, we all know each other, so it's kind of you want to be there for them as well and. And um, so, yeah, like, I mean, I'd, ju- I'd ju- just be at the shows uh, coaching and helping out. But, uh, I, you know, when the show was on Andrada, which that's where Cage actually started, it would have been Andrada and here. And, yeah, it would have been just going to to watch my teammates, whether it be that or just to support the show and, and uh, things like that. But obviously there wasn't much going on last year. But, I mean, yeah, like, if it's in your local area, you'd be sure to know someone that's fighting or or you're going to go, I need to support, you know. And again, it's it's a good night out. It's who, uh, who wouldn't want a few fights on a Saturday night or whatever, you know. Exactly, exactly. I do have any more questions because I didn't realise you were going tomorrow. So I I kind of want to, not that I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to let you go. So I want to let you go get some sleep because you're coaching tomorrow. Have you any more questions? Yeah. No, no, that's, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing that we've kept this guy awake for a while now and the surprise he stayed <laughs> Quaker as long as he have as long as he has because as a professional fighter of course I know you what your sleep is important to so you sleep in your rest so no, I was very no wary thanks um, uh, it's not too bad on the Friday normally I'd uh, train late in the Saturday get me uh, get a bit of a line in the Saturday there so I'm not too bad but um, yeah coaching tomorrow so um, get the uh, get the bit, bit of snooze there now yeah, look, sorry for keeping you. I didn't if you'd have said that earlier, we would have wrapped this up much nah, earlier. No, yeah, no, yeah. Tall, no pressure, man. No sweat. I want to thank you very much for coming on. 
Yeah. Mike will probably do the same. It's been an absolute pleasure. Can I ask you a question? That bit where you were talking about Cage Legacy earlier, can I clip that and help that promote the next Cage Legacy? Of course, of course. Um, actually, Declan asked me to do a uh, a bit of a um, a bit of a you know a little bit of a you know a clip. Promo. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that, you know. But I uh, unless you you do something like this. I wouldn't be able to do it on my own. It'd be real awkward doing it myself. But you, you know? feel like you're, you're, you feel like you're acting it. So is it okay if I get Ike to clip yeah. this and send it to me and send it to you and you can send it to Declan? That's perfect because um, yeah, he'd be happy with that. He'd be delighted, you know, because uh, I do want to do it from. I did want to do it from, but I'd be too awkward talking to it. Does that make sense? So yeah. he'd be delighted with that. And because uh, I told him, I actually told him when we were on the break, I said, "Look, I've we've an Irish pro talking, and he's talking good about Cage Legacy. I'll send it to you." So I just tell him tomorrow, "Look here and done the promo on our podcast." Deadly. That's happy days. Perfect. Right, thank you very much, Ike. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you. No, thank you. And uh, we definitely need to get you back on the show for a second time, probably at a time that's earlier, not so early in the morning or late in the night, probably in the early evening. So that way, there's a better chance of no one being knackered or sleepy eyed. (laughs) No worries, lads. Ike, David, thanks for being. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Appreciate it, lads. Perfect. Thank you very much. Have a good night and good luck with your fires tomorrow. Cheers, boys. Thanks.